0: Hello. Hello. Oh, Hello.
1: Is already here. And hi. Oh, there he is.
2: Can I hear you?
1: I don't know. Can you hear me? Am I muted? Can y'all hear me? Y'all hear me in the comments? Happy Wednesday, everybody. She can't hear me.
2: It's probably my computer, but I can't hear you. (laughs) It probably is.
1: Um, I'll let you figure that out. I'll say hello to everybody. We are uh, doing a follow-up show to our Monday show. Uh, This is the cannabis closet, everybody. (laughs) You can't hear me either? Wait, can y'all hear me? Ooh, are we having technical difficulties today? My technical, be back. Of, my blunt keeps going out. Can y'all hear me is what I want to know. She'll be back. Cool. Okay. So this is the cannabis closet podcast. Uh, we talk about things in the cannabis industry. Okay. You could hear us both fine, but she couldn't hear me. And then like, we can't, so she's going to come back, but I'm glad y'all could hear us both. Good. Um, we talk about things that happen in the cannabis space, in the cannabis industry, um, and, um, in the communities that are involved as well. And, uh, Monday we had a show about, um, addiction and recovery. And one of our guests has some technical difficulties. It's not unfathomable around here because that's what happens, obviously, Um, so so we invited him to come back today he should be in shortly and then our guest laurie also came back to continue the discussion that we were having previously um mj's computers don't really enjoy her right now (laughs) they are betraying her um so she'll be back in just a few moments and yeah uh, it's Work Wednesday, so we've been working on a few things today uh, for our company, Queen Kitty, and I've been working on a few things for CQLC. Let's just throw our little uh, banner up here today so you guys know where you can find us at the Cannabis Closet, uh, Closet 420 at gmail.com. You can come hang out with us also in Discord if you would like. I'm going to put that in the comment section for you guys. If you're listening and you're not um, on the live show in the comments right now, you can go ahead and shoot us an email. We'll be happy to invite you to the Discord space. We are live on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitch.tv, so find us there. But if you can't listen to us live, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and uh, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. so you can find us there. Uh, looks like MJ is back.
2: Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Can you hear me now?
1: Yes, we could hear you the whole time.
2: My see, and my computer is either lagging or it's dumb, or I don't know what's going on, but I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't hear anything. Um, well, we're not going to talk bad about her right now. So I know, ahead. I know. I was about to literally switch over to the phone. I just copied the link to go over to my phone because, well, just left. in
1: case we do have a
2: backup plan, so that's yeah, to yeah, so. Hey everybody, how's it going? It wouldn't be a show um, without a technical difficulty, without some technical difficulties, um, and we've even been—we were just on, literally, so that's okay.
1: Yeah, we've been on for twenty minutes talking to each other, and then
2: suddenly she couldn't hear me. Oh, I know. welcome back. I know, good computer. You had a day it's today. It's been a rough day. Um, it's been a rough day. It's a weird Wednesday. Um, but yeah,
1: do you feel like talking about what happened today? Because I would like to know how you assisted in that.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if you know if people those that know me um have um know that I am friends with a woman named Kim and we met via um she used to run a little have a little shop down in Minturn and um I bought a pair of sunglasses at her shop or something that was my initial meeting of her, um, and then a couple of years ago, she needed me, she needed a a dog walker, a dog watcher. And it was right after I had um, lost Blossom. And so Max was one of my first dogs that I kept overnight. And he's a big Weimaraner. And over the years, Kim consistently used me as her um, pet sitter. And we, um, and you know, Max was old. And she also has a cat named Reuben. And so eventually I started going over and helping her with her cat. And so Ruben was also old. He was an awesome cat who she picked up, um, you know, after Hurricane Katrina, she picked him up off of the side of the road. And he was already a few years old at that point. And she's had him since then. And she just took him to Paris um, anyway, so we put, she so had, to let, had to, Paris is great. Yeah, she had to let Max go, um, a couple months ago and, um, and then decided to take Ruben to Paris with her. Cause she had to go on another buying trip. Um, so they came back, uh, last week, a couple weeks ago and, um, and he's been slowly declining, you know, he, he had a big tumor on his eye. You know, it was basically, you know, at that point, you know, pallidus here and just hanging out. He's just hanging out eating pate in Paris, you know, and I so mean, that's life. And so could she have said goodbye a minute earlier? Probably. Um, but anyway, I was on my way over to drop some things off to her anyway today. And she messaged me as I was pulling in that um, he was having trouble breathing and not doing well. So I came up and yeah, of course she's hysterical and, you know, you could tell he's um, in distress. We didn't trigger
1: warning this conversation, but clearly there's going to be.
2: Yeah. Uh, sorry, everyone. Yes. Um, uh, and and uh, this whole we'll, show is a trigger warning. Just come here prepared for that. It's a rough day. Yeah. So it's a weird Wednesday. <laughs> um, so I went upstairs with her and um, when she took him to Paris, um, she had some sedatives and anxiety medicine for him and so it's was like she's like what do we do what do we do her vet couldn't see her for yeah. a few hours and he was in distress so um so we gave him some sedatives and helped him go to sleep he was already having trouble breathing i you know she was about to freak the fuck out if we didn't do something soon I to help that. him I feel that. And I wasn't about to sit there for two hours waiting for her vet to be able to be available to help him. So, um, so yeah, girl. Shit, um, girl. <laughs> and then I took him and, and, and dropped him off so that, um, they, they could take him.
1: That was nice. You're so. really, actually, if you guys don't know, I'm not just like blowing smoke while well, I am blowing smoke over here, but I am like l- literally m j goes above and beyond for the people that she loves. I've seen it time and time again. She's done it for me. she's done it for others. Um, you guys, amazing human being. so um, um, that's a rough that's rough, yeah, yeah,
2: so uh yeah <laughs> hung with her for a minute and then and came back home. So here we are and yeah yeah, Megan in an emergency is
1: also. Kind of key. <laughs>
2: you want me on your fucking um, <laughs> apocalyptic team? Yeah, or you want her, you want just, her on that just team. Just saying. Just saying. I'm going to yeah, toot my got, own horn there.
1: <laughs> she got some skills. She got skill sets that we can all utilize. Um,
2: so not that with- I could sew your fucking clothes.
1: Yeah, for real. I was just like, um, oh, like the futon. I'm trying to get you to come out here so that we can go, like, figure out a cheap way to convert my futon. Because I love it, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not comfortable.
2: So here's what we have to do is we have to do a cost analysis. How much is it going to cost for the foam and the cover right. to do it versus Getting just no buying a new comfortable futon? But it has to be a comfortable futon. That's Comfortable futon, exactly. Key, key word, comfortable futon. And I so, think it <laughs> just
1: needs a little bit more memory foam. Or is it just,
2: you know, worth it to invest and repurpose? Yeah, like right. I'm all about repurposing work with what you got. It's already here. It's already here. I think it will probably be less to get a
1: foam cover and then, and like I have a staple gun,
2: so we could, yeah you, all done. You know, good. I do too. We'll work it out. <laughs>
1: we'll work it out. And if you guys, uh, the, um, maybe blur out her face on our public profile, but that costume that you did for your niece was amazing, and it was cute. It was like, quick. And you do, you do shit like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all the time.
2: Very, yeah. very talented. Um, I, I, I do have fun with it. And, uh, you know, I have a friend who I went to design school with, and she's fucking talented. She does cosplay, like, costumes. She has some amazing – I tried to – I don't know if you couldn't see it or it was already sold, but she did an Umbrella Academy um, costume, the all-white tuxedo. And that's why I was trying – you are like, I think you told me it was – gone or you couldn't see it but i was like nah. oh man i wish I would she made that. that whole thing you know and yeah. she does she does a really excellent job so um if you ever need anything cosplay and you reach out to me and i will connect you with her and her people yeah that's done. Um, uh and so yeah so uh, <laughs> weird wednesday we're gonna go up and down everybody <laughs> yeah
1: no it's the middle of the week it is hump day hump day Happy hump day. I hope everybody gets a little hump
2: in today. Humpy, humpy. Maybe not. (laughs) It's all up to you, whatever you feel.
1: (laughs) So, uh, so today we're going to talk more about our subject on Monday, which was addiction and recovery and including cannabis in, um, part of that. What does that look like? So on Monday we had, um, Dusty and Laurion and Dusty, um, his internet connection was lost, but he's back today and it's all fixed. So we're going to have a, we're going to have him on for the whole time. Um, They're kind of coming from a similar place, but also from two different spaces um, where one uh, is definitely a cannabis ally, but doesn't include cannabis in, um, her process and the other does include cannabis in the process. So, um, I think it's an interesting conversation. It's definitely, um, you know, not everybody does everything the same,
2: you know? And I think that that's, um, what's important for, to remember for this. And, and I mm -hmm. think what both, um, both of our guests, um, propose is that, what's best for me is not best for you. What's best for them is not best for them. And, and, uh, and that's why it's awesome to have so many different capabilities and people that understand. Um, And I think that, I hope, I hope that, um, you know, sponsors um, are more and more flexible. I know, you know, we talked about and mentioned uh, old school, old school, uh, you know, recovery that are like, not substances, right. Um, and so um, I think it's important
1: that even so if, if you're out here listening and you're like, I've never had any issues with addiction, I've never been in recovery, I'm fine. But you probably know somebody that has lived with this, has struggled with this. And it's good to know that everybody has a different path um, on how to you know, how to recover on on
2: their timeline, how they got, there. How they got to yeah, recovery, how, how you get
1: here, the timeline, the, the functionality of their recovery, the process of their recovery its always different. And, um, if you are somebody who loves somebody who is an addict and we all are, I would say we all are, um, then this This point is really important because it's it's a little bit of a compassion piece, too, that just because you saw that it worked for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for your loved one, your friend, your family member. So um, with that said, let's bring our guests on. I'll have them reintroduce themselves and we'll rock this conversation because I got a few. I I got some questions for Dusty today because we didn't get to ask um, before. So I definitely want to get into his story a little bit um, more today, and then have like an open discussion with everybody. I hope everybody's kind of on board with that. So let's go.
2: Cool, cool. Let me get everyone added here. And... On up. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for joining us again. Yeah. Hey, Dusty. <laughs>
3: Thanks. I hope my Wi-Fi is better this week.
2: <laughs> yeah, me too, because uh,
1: people need to hear what you have to say. So I'm playing
2: uh, the same game, so it's okay. You missed you missed my uh, debacle earlier as as we opened the show, so we're yeah.
1: good. <laughs> we'll technical <curse>. difficulties <laughs> are the curse of this show. We just have to get used to it. It'll um, be like so, a ritual. It's, it's yeah.
2: Just, it's just ritual.
1: Light a candle, <laughs> have a technical difficulty, go on with the show. Um, right. <laughs> so, um, Dusty, we'll start with you. If you don't mind reintroducing yourself to the audience.
3: Yeah. I'm Dusty Thurman. I, uh, I'm 54 years old. I've been in recovery for going on five years. Well, my entire life was all addiction. It was since I served in the military, I was addicted to one thing or another. And most of the time it was alcohol because it's socially acceptable. Right. But mm-hmm. that's besides the point. And recently, a few years ago, uh, my grandmother was suffering from dementia. And I wanted to be present to be able to help out and and take care of her. So um, I decided to get sober right after my first grandchild was born. I didn't want to be that that grandpa Yeah, And so I got sober. And I love being sober so much that I want to share it with everybody. If I had known this in my 20s, I would be president maybe I don't know you know
1: <laughs> I love that yeah, that's, uh,
3: that's me. <laughs> that
1: revelation right there um, what we could right. have known in our 20s uh, right
2: me too
3: <laughs> and so now I'm studying to be a substance abuse counselor. I'm, in, I'm in my senior year I've got about 10 months left to get my, my bachelor of science and nice counseling so I'm excited Excellent. about that can yes. help some people out.
1: That's amazing. And um, so what um, you, you talked a little bit on the last show about cannabis being um, the thing that saved you. Uh, But can you talk a little bit more about what, what that means to you? And like, what do you mean by that cannabis saved your life?
3: Um, I, I suffered from a lot of pain. I was a chef for 24 years and a lot of bending at the waist and I have my like four or five discs that are just pretty much gone. And in order to have a normal life, I have to to have something to mitigate that pain. Yeah. And the only thing that I've found that can mitigate that pain for me effectively and give me a quality of life is cannabis. I've tried all different substances, opiates, alcohol, everything. And the one thing that always works that that maintains my quality of life and allows me to be there for my loved ones is cannabis.
1: Um, we talked a little bit with Lori uh, about this uh, on the last show too, about how you know how some individuals um, might shy away from cannabis or, or do shy away from cannabis um, because uh, they they're just going um, completely. Um, clean, nothing, no, no, substances. And there's also, I think a little bit of that, um, well, I'm an addict, so this is a substance that I'm putting into my body. Right. Um, so how do you balance that, um, in your recovery? How do you balance cannabis in your recovery with that in mind?
3: I use smart recovery. It's a, it's a new, a new program.
1: Okay. We can hear you. I just want you to know that. Am I frozen? (laughs) You froze a little bit, but that's okay. We can still hear you. You're back.
3: Okay. I use smart recovery, the tools that smart recovery gave me. Um, and they don't, they don't require abstinence in, in smart recovery. It's, it's an option.
1: Right. Would it, does the it tools that abstinence? I learned through recovery. Does it require abstinence from? I mean, from what you're recovering from, or other substances that no, are known to be more addictive? It doesn't, it doesn't at all. It so doesn't. tell us a little bit more about no. that because this is new to me. I've never heard of this. Um, it's it's a
3: new program that they've just started. It's it's science based. Okay. Instead of religion based. And I, I always had a, a real stigma against religions because I had some bad experiences, but um, the science base, it made more sense to me because okay. if you can control your usage and I just, I chose not to use the addictive substances because I'm, I, I guess I'm not that strong of a dude or something, but, but the cannabis, it, it mitigated all that. problem. It, 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 it eases my anxiety. I have I have really bad social anxiety and PTSD from stuff younger, and it helps me with those. You know, I always had to to hide it, you right. know, with something, a substance, some kind of substance. And with cannabis, it eases those anxieties. So I'm not hiding it. I'm I'm easing the anxiety that's causing the issue instead of right. treating the problem. I'm treating the the you know <laughs> the issues themselves.
1: Right. Um,
3: if that makes sense.
1: Yes, uh, you said something in the beginning, and I think both of you have kind of um, said things that make me think of this. But um, and and
2: uh,
1: Larry, I want to uh, talk to you about like your beginning and your journey too. If you don't, if you don't mind, I I would definitely like to um, talk to you about that. But I think um, somebody had mentioned the other day when we were discussing uh, this this particular show that a lot of I would say a majority of probably people who have addiction are self medicating and that self medicating, isn't actually treating the problem because it's, it's mental. There's some trauma or something's going on that, that needs uh, attention in that realm. Um, what uh, I'll start with uh, Laurie, what do you think about um, that, that idea that um you know, a lot of a lot of that comes from a, a place of trauma, and that um, and that we're not necessarily treating that trauma or pay, giving that attention. Instead, we're trying to self-medicate in these different ways, including with cannabis. What, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Um, there's so much uh, so much good stuff going on. Um, I uh, personally won the first a. Uh, Dusty, it's nice to actually finally meet someone who uses Smart Recovery. Um, we all I know about it is that it's like a science based that uses cognitive behavioral therapy, and um, I offer it. We offer it at our facility, and um, I always tell people, you know what? If AA or NA aren't your jam, there's always Smart Recovery. Um, now to answer uh, Canada Queen's question, um, I a good majority, I would say. I had to think off the top of my head man like one in 3 addicts has some form of trauma you know whether it be the majority of sexual abuse or PTSD you know in any form um uh for me like the tw- for me personally like the 12 steps is great and I I love it and it saved my ass to save my face but it's just not enough sometimes And, and the 12 step fellowship that I'm in, we even discussed that, you know, we tried religion, we tried psychiatry, I I mean, and I tried everything, um, to get clean. And the only thing that worked for me was a 12 step program. But I also, um, you know, it, it's a spiritual principle for me. I, um, I feel that I got clean through something that is greater than me because Mm -hmm. in all actuality, I mean, I should be dead. You know, Um, and so I apply that into my life. But then I need I believe in science, man. Like I got to have a therapist. Give me the tools that I need. I need a professional sometimes. Um, And so for me, I have to correlate both worlds. Not only am I just um, an addict, I also have to work on my mental health as well. And I put those two worlds together. And then that gives me the quality of life that I suggest. And then also exercise. You know what I mean? But a majority of addiction um is used by people that have suffered some form of trauma i mean and um we get the tools on coping with that and i think a lot of the reason why we use is because we feel victimized i know i did i felt like i was a victim of circumstance i blamed all of my misery on people you know and took no responsibility for my behavior and um i've i have learned in this um I have learned to see what my responsibility is and what role I play in my relationships with people. And, um, I kind of took my power back when I put down drugs and admitted that I was powerless. Um, I got my power back actually,
1: you know, that's amazing. Um, that's really amazing. Um, so, um, so, Uh, Back to, I want to come back to Dusty because I want to, I still want to touch on this, on this part. THC is, seems to be the conundrum here. Oh, hopefully he'll be right back. So for, for me, when I, when we talk about this and we talk about the different um, paths that people take in their recovery, I see THC as being the monster in the room or like, you know, where people want to say that that's the, that's the thing that you should not have as a recovering addict, because that's the thing that alters your mind. Um, hopefully he'll be back in a second. Cause I know that he uses um, THC as well. Most of the articles that I um, looked at on recovery were really big on using um, high CBD, low or no THC products mm. um, as opposed to introducing that piece. To it, and I I guess I'm just I want to make clear to the audience that um, you know one way is not the right way um, for everybody, but also I we talked a little bit on the last show about you know having that support system, and I think that you know at least in the beginning, if you're going to introduce cannabis as part of the process, that it might be a good idea to have um, a support system that understands that, um, that can help you with dosing so that it, it doesn't come into an overconsumption problem where you're just like banging out dabs every day and then you're still not getting anything done or, or, you know, having good communication with your friends and family, or being able to maintain a job or anything like that, you're still
2: in that whole cycle, right? I think mm-hmm. it's about accountability—is having you know that support system and having someone to go to, and I think just like we need mentors in life to mm-hmm. help move us forward to our next level or even like on the basic level, I ride with people that are better capable riders than I am. Um, so that I'll push myself to do, right. you know, be, be a little bit more. And so, um, but if I don't have, if I'm riding by myself, I'm riding the easy, you know, peasy things that I know and I'll, you know, like rely on whatever. So again, basics. But um, I, I also, Wanted to kind of go back to that THC remark and, and and the um and they're talking about the um mind altering effects of THC that are, I guess, equated with substance abuses. Yeah. And, um you know, but then you know, for audience or people that are joining us that are new to cannabis, um, you know, there are so many cannabinoids that we are now there's doing more research on when we are talking about THC A. THC. No. Oh no. But oh, THCA, no. Um, THCA is, for sure. is good. It again offers us that cannabinoid power without the psychoactivity.
1: Right. It has a majority of the same effects of THC without the psychoactive effects THCA does. Um it's it's you you wouldn't smoke THCA just to be clear because the second you light it on fire it turns to THC. Um, but using, uh, an internal, which I'm a big fan of whenever we're talking about like chronic illnesses, especially, and, um, and just treating an ongoing treatment. I'm a big fan of internal medicine and, you know, and, um, using several types of, um, of ty- types of, uh, medicines to, to treat the symptoms. So an oil, a topical, a transdermal, you know, um, but yeah, that's how you would get your THCA is through like an oil or something of that effect.
0: And it is, and excuse my ignorance. Um, I should probably know more about this since my, <laughs> um, when c- addicts do, because uh, addicts know in recovery, they know what my husband does. So they'll like come and like ask certain questions, you know, and and there there is a gray area. You know what I mean? I can suggest like where you can find, but I'm not going to like, hook you up there is a weird area between that situation of like i'm not gonna hear here's i was like or i'll give a card like hey here's the card this is for my husband this is where he works however i can't like promote uh, it exactly yeah um so there's weird gray area but you know so many addicts take cbd you know what Mm i mean a lot like the moment (laughs) cbd train came out like everybody was jumping on that you know what i mean um but for my own knowledge it doesn't work. Is it the fact that it doesn't work for your, um, if you have a one-to-one rate, you need to have a one-to-one ratio.
1: The THC is important.
0: Yeah. It like plays, plays. Even
1: up
2: to a certain amount, uh, you know, as far as the ratio goes, once you start going in a higher ratio of THC and you only have that one, you know, if you're a hundred to one, you know, it may not be, you know, then again, you're, you have more, less, um,
0: yeah. So what and we're talking- that's when I tell them just to go to a doctor because hey I don't like know enough to give them out enough information, but like, yeah, for the majority of it, like what you're going to get your reprieve for your ailment from, or what you're struggling with is with the THC one-to-one ratio. Correct? Right. So
1: just so everybody understands what we're kind of talking about here is called the entourage effect. It's been coined. uh, The phrase has been coined in the cannabis industry. And what that means is that we're um, using the medicine as, you know, compounding it. So it grows like that. Naturally, um, the plant has more than one cannabinoid THC is not the end all be all. And we do not recommend that you purchase anything based on the percent of THC in the, um, in the material. Um. So what we do recommend is the entourage effect getting as many cannabinoids and terpenes into your system as possible because they actually work together to um, create the health benefits that we think about when we say a one-to-one ratio I would say um, that you should consider I don't like to tell people what to do
2: yeah um, but but consider we are again we are not medical we're not professionals. doctors we are um, we have 10 plus years in the industry um, each and uh, have been involved with cannabis. So,
1: so um, a one-to-one would be great for somebody who doesn't want that high psychoactive effect or any psychoactive effects. They could actually uh, consider using a higher CBD to one THC ratio Um, that would actually work too. But we do want that THC because they work synergistically together um, to create the benefits that we see, um, which includes, you know, combating with PTSD, that combats um, sleep deprivation, it combats anxiety and depression. Um, CBD is really good for mental health illnesses. Which, when we talk about addiction, we have to talk about mental health because a lot of addiction comes from that place of self medicating, right? Um, Mm -hmm. so having those compounds together is really important as you were saying, I apologize for interrupting you on that, but just like to to make sure everybody's educated.
0: (laughs) No. And I do want to say that I am, um, not a spokesperson for any like 12 step fellowship. I am just Mm -hmm. here sharing like my experience and, um, just trying to get, create some awareness between the two worlds. Um, so when, when
1: we talk, you, were ta- you, you know a little bit about this SMART um, recovery yeah, smart program, recovery. too. So I'm really interested in how that works, especially because what Dusty was saying was like, no, you don't have to abstain from anything. Um, but just the, my experience um, being um, related to and friends with and family with um, mm-hmm. people who have addiction, um, that, that one drink is too many for them. Because they can't stop. Yeah. So, does does this does the smart program like kind of help you change your mindset about it or around it? Can you um kind of only? I,
0: I can't actually speak about it because I don't know. Um, Dusty's the first person that I've ever met who's done smart recovery. Um, all I know is when I offer it to people at our facility, and again, I'm not a spokesperson for our facility either. Um, is that, um, it's an, there's, there's a lot of 12 step fellowships out there that don't just go specifically, um, for it. Um, like mine is absolutely no mood or mind altering substances. Um, I'm not like educated enough in, um, smart recovery. All I know is that they use, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy.
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and in that sense, what I know from cognitive behavioral therapy is that, um, it finds a solution based to your behavior, gives you um, other solutions. When I act like this, this is what I do. Um,
1: so, so, I so it builds a program around the individual as yeah. opposed to having a general program that
0: mm-hmm. just
1: kind of generally is this is what we do.
0: Yeah. For me personally, I'm a whole shebang kind of gal because um, when I first started, I was like, to be honest, if I had to go back to when I first started using drugs, I was nine just going through my parents' medicine cabinet and then partied and then, um, and just tried all different I, It was, was poly substance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, towards the end, I think what if I wasn't on booze, I was definitely on uh, some form of amphetamine based and in uh, psychedelics as well. But, um, there are different fellowships out there, like, there's Dharma Recovery that uses a Buddhist approach to it. And from what I heard, you might want to look into uh, that as well. Um, I know people that still consume cannabis and um, work at 12-step program. And I know people that go to, you know, Crystal Meth um, Anonymous, but still think they can drink. And for me, I, I just can't, like. I can never have a drink ever again.
2: Now someone has mentioned to me before and I, you know, again, not something that I've looked into, but it came across my you know, vision and yours twice is the methadone clinics mm-hmm. and those that use that type of therapy. And again, we're talking about different kinds of, and what processes are good for you know, different um, addicts. And I think too, again, it, it, it we're all different people and how we, um, do things, and so again, cognitive behavioral therapy and the SMART program versus your 12-step versus again that allow you know, the SMART program, allowing for you know, building it around what you can tolerate and having holding. Again, I feel like the the biggest word holding yourself accountable for your behaviors and saying yeah. having a plan for yourself of when you're in a behavior, I guess mm-hmm. knowing your behaviors.
0: Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, that's a tough subject too. Are you technically clean if you've had the Vivitrol shot? Are you technically clean if you're using Suboxone or Methadone? I know people who have abused both um, the Methadone and Subutex injection or Suboxone. Um, But then there's other people that, you know, they rely on that as their medicine. can it be considered another form of substitution as well you know you're literally like there's evidence that you can get off drugs and live clean without any substance and live a, go on and live a normal life but then on the other side of the spectrum that's something between you your higher power your sponsor if you're in a 12-step program using Suboxin, and honestly if it gets you from selling your ass on the street to live a normal life or not do something that doesn't sit well with your spirit or puts you in a dangerous situation, you know, or to the point of dereliction, you know what I mean? Then, mm-hmm. you know, do what you got to do to incorporate that into your recovery. So absolutely. like we said earlier, like it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. That's a amazing uh, perspective. And absolutely. Um, I also wish that I'm sitting here listening to us have this conversation. And I'm like, I also wish they would teach school children this way in the way that they need to be taught and not the way that we, um, you know, just like file everybody in and this is this, 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 this. We're all just individuals. So I think in a lot of life um, that it should be that way. Things should be, you know, modeled to the person. We are, we are individuals and our brains are wired all differently.
0: Mm-hmm. So. and I will say something I remember Dare coming in and literally thinking I'll try all of that and I was in third grade and I was like yep I want to do that I want to do that like yeah I wanted I was ready to get down with all of it she was, <laughs> I was like, like
1: I don't care what you say it doesn't look dangerous <laughs> to me
0: yeah exactly
1: was, my parents were in the military I believed that shit yeah. wholeheartedly and I think that sometimes um, that when we are lied to and realize that we're lied to, we go out and we're like, "Well, what else did they lie to us about?" Right? Yeah. So you know,
2: my if mom you was lied very, to us yeah. about
1: how dangerous weed is. Then, then obviously, this other substance can't be as dangerous as you
2: say it is. I would say you. Know, my parents kind of educated us on it. you know, like because we knew what drinking was, and I think at one point in our lives we asked our parents, "Don't drink." And uh, or my parent, yeah, my sister. I don't know if she's on here, um, but uh, they they don't drink. They never drank in front of us. And I remember being at a certain age, and our mom letting it, you know, telling us that you know, it, alcohol abuse ran in her family, her brother, her father, mm-hmm. um, and um, and so at a at a certain age, she saw herself picking up the drink more and more, and decided at that time to go ahead and stop um and never drank again um my dad drank a glass of wine in front of me for the first time when they came and visited Colorado Colorado and I I I think Dr. B had to pick me up off the floor because I think the only time I've ever seen a drink in my dad's hand was a joke someone handed him a beer and he was like and like put it down like (laughs) never yeah (laughs) never and so yeah and uh and he's a secret wine drinker I, who knew I, I was like me and he drank it too he didn't just let it sit there he actually drinks
1: it oh wow
2: he's all grown up now I had to text my my sister i was like gotta drink wine who is, <laughs> who's here with me who um, is this guy yeah and uh you know but it was um I don't know. It, it it was just presented to us that as a, um, a not positive thing. And so I think my sister and I, and Marla does not handle alcohol well. She found that out early in her life and she doesn't drink, you know? Um,
1: I stopped drinking when I got to a legal state. I'm not going to lie.
2: I won't lie. I, you know, I, I was in the I, military
1: and I was drunk a lot.
2: I came to Colorado full on, you know, I don't probably bottle of wine today um i don't drink
1: you know. it at all anymore i go to the bar and ask for a club soda i also <laughs> ask them to charge me y'all because i do want to tip the bartenders um so if 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 that's a place where you can be um listen bars drinking, do not charge for soda water or water and i <laughs> handed a guy a half a half gram the other day because he didn't charge me and then he just kept going <laughs> re- I handed a, I had one in my pocket, and I was like, "Here you go." <laughs> <laughs> we got because I like to tip them, them and like... I don't carry cash, so the only way I can tip you is if you charge me just a little bit for my drink. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, like fifty cents for your water, and I'll and I'll tip you two dollars on that fifty cents. By the way, I will. I'll tip you three dollars even, or maybe even five, because you're gonna refill me all day. And that's what I would have spent on a beer, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. I don't
2: either. I mean I do, but I don't because um
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's nice that um your parents uh my parents were, were in the military and so I had an I had a completely opposite experience from you. My dad was uh he was my stepdad, but he was my dad as far as I understood it and knew. And he was um very angry and uh, very inebriated. Sometimes he cried about things that he did in the war. And this is before PTSD for um, veterans and people who can- who had been to war was a thing. Um, they would call it shell shock, but they didn't really take it seriously. Um, so I saw those sides. He was uh, physically abusive to my mother. Um, my mother drank also, but she was she was a nice person, Mm -hmm. but there were times that I definitely saw her drunk. There were times in my teenage years when, um, I've had to help her in a cold shower, you know, and make sure she stayed on her stomach. And, um, I would say that she was never physically abusive to me, but also, you know, we can't relate, uh, we can't relate addiction to somebody being mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. cause sometimes, and also just so everybody knows, some people think that's absolutely normal. That's absolutely normal, that behavior. So, so when they do it, they don't even realize they're doing anything wrong until it destroys something that they care about. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, um, do I think that there's a possibility that some people going through recovery are just using cannabis as a replacement and is it helping them? Yes, to some extent, but could there be dependency issues? Yeah, I think that. But man, oh man, would I have loved to have grown up in that house, you know, because that house doesn't sound scary to me at all. And so
2: do we say that education about this in schools is, you know, appropriate? I feel like there's always that, why aren't we taught this in school that, um this that how addiction and how it starts and where it starts. I mean, all of us started drinking at you know, very young ages in you know, like I know, it, you know and having it available and having those parents that were either didn't care, were you know, that you know, their liquor cabinets were always open and that's where the parties were.
3: were. Or, mm-hmm.
2: you know, my house never not a drop, you know. And and so again, it just it's so glorified here in the
1: United States and in other um, parts of the free world um, that also that's, that contributes to the issue. The fact that um, alcohol can still be on TV as an ad, mm-hmm. I find very problematic. I, that and pharmaceuticals, by the way, I feel the same about both. They should not be advertising on TV. First of all, alcohol will sell without advertisements. It will. And I don't know. So anyways, yeah. mm-hmm. it contributes to the addiction problem in, mm-hmm. in this country for sure. Yeah. Is it that we glorify
2: telling that to the ad agency? And then, and then we are <laughs> young. Well, we did tell that to the ad
1: agency in, in, in the eighties. Right. We said, Hey, you can't glorify these cigarettes. That was, these a lawsuit. Kids that was only lo- because
2: they got sued. That was only because these kids
1: love Joe Camel. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? I had, I was, <laughs> I was, a chi- I was a child in the 80s, like a baby child. And I had Joe Camel figurines. Mm-hmm. I had a
2: poster I of the he Marlboro hot. Man
1: in my room. Yeah, handsome,
2: handsome <laughs> Joe Camel. <Yeah. laughs>
1: we had all that. They had, y'all, when, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. For those who, who are not of such a, a wonderful age as we are, I kid you not, they had a cartoon with this cigarette camel in it. They had a cartoon that we could watch. And they had cartoon commercials. And they sold little figurines. And they had the t-shirts. I mean, it was glorified. Cool Joe camel. And the cools too. K-O-O-L. Right? Mm-hmm. Very popular
2: brand. Marlboro Man. I mean, the that's- Marlboro it, Man uh, who yeah. died
1: of lung cancer, everybody. He died of lung cancer, <laughs>
2: but that is uh, that was part of it, but the industry was sued that, you know, the cigarette, uh, you know, tobacco industry was sued and now that was part of their reparations was to, you know, they removed, um, you know product placement and, um, they have to pay for education of cigarette, you know, of the dangers of smoking. All, um, of, those,
1: all of those dangers of smoking ads come from the tobacco industry. They have to they pay for They all them. have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One thing I did want to mention, though, when we talked about addiction and like awareness, though, is it is totally genetic disposition on top. I of
2: was going to talk about as well. You know, as far as genetics, um, when I mentioned you know my mom and uh, you know, and, and also I've seen several friends same you know recognize it in family.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but- my mom didn't do it a lot because she. Because she just wanted, she was always too petrified. She couldn't, she wouldn't hear her kids if she got too drunk. You know what I mean? Um, When we left, um, when we left the house and moved on to college and moved out, that's when my dad's drinking, you know, got really bad, like really heavy, you know. and um, Or, you know, and he... um, But then he got gout and medical issues and was able to stop. Now, every retirement or every party I went to at my family's house, like, I mean, it was uh, like, like you drank, you know what I mean? Like everybody drank. It didn't matter how old you were. It was And we went hard, you know? So I feel like it kind of like, I didn't grow up in a house where um, drinking was an issue, you know, um, at all, Mm. but it was around me 24 seven. And then when we like family was one of the biggest triggers. Now, my husband, though, and how you were talking about how you would grow up in that, in that how you wish that you grew up in a house that had cannabis over oh, um, alcohol. Every now, day. Jeff and I partied hard together. Like, we did everything together, you know? And then it got to a point, and I always kind of tell people, it's like he grew up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or I made it so bad to the point where he didn't want to drink, because just by how I would get and, um, he had to stop drinking when I, I did like in the beginning, at least like now it's not so triggering, but, um, uh, cause I'm more comfortable with myself, but like, um, yeah, he, he had no problem just stopping drinking. Not at all. Just he, I had 30 days clean. He had 30 days clean. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was drastically different. Like we just wouldn't have lasted if he drank the way we were drinking.
1: Right. Like
0: far none, but yeah, canvas. I-
1: Oh, go on. I had the same. I when I quit drinking, I just quit drinking. I was just yeah. like, I don't I didn't even like it. I didn't even like the flavor, the taste. My mixed drinks would have to taste like Hawaiian punch like <laughs> I did not like the flip, but I, you know, I think part cuz this was my stepdad that I that I grew up watching and my mm-hmm. biological mother. So, I think my mom a lot um, you know, she had she has childhood trauma. And also then is married to, was married to this abusive alcoholic. So I think there's a lot of self-medicating going on there. Um, and then, you know, my stepdad and I swore I was never going to be like a drinker, but then I, jo- I joined the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> and So you that's what you do. You know, everybody drinks. Um, but when I quit drinking, I, I just was like, no, nah, I don't care. I don't
0: want it it's gross
2: yeah
1: it, yeah so I totally yeah I get that um that and that's mind-boggling.
0: That. like and now yeah. I get it but when I first got clean that was mind-boggling to me mm-hmm. like going to lunches and friends that like weren't having drinks or like or I'd go to my sister's house and whenever my sister's around me she never drinks you yeah. know and I'm like what that's crazy <laughs>
1: yeah you could definitely come into this house I mean my husband drinks from time to time but there's yeah. not a whole lot of alcohol and yeah I, like if I have a party and I invite a lot of people I have to make it a, a mission to either go out and and purchase uh alcohol for the people coming or tell them to bring their own because we, yeah. we ain't got it here <laughs> yeah. we'll have it here what's up Cody
2: um, um hey everyone that's joining us as we're yeah
1: thanks for night. joining
2: Uh, But yeah, so I mean, but I think, uh,
1: you know, I think part of it is definitely biological for a lot of people who um, who live with uh, addiction or or, or recovering um, from their addiction. I think a lot of it is biological, but there's also that nurture part to it. I think there's a nature and nurture to that Mm -hmm. um, because there's lots of people who grew up with, uh, you know, in that household with a biological parent who um, is, you know, and their, in their family, you can see a family history of it. And then they're just like this anomaly in the family. Cause they see it, you know, mm-hmm. um, there, there are a few people in this world that can use those lessons for the opposite of, you know, being um, sucked into the, to the, to the behavior. You see that behavior and you say, I don't want to be that person. Um, but a lot of times like you can't, you do have to, um, to address the biological part of that because that's part of it for a lot of people. And it's not something that they can just say, well, I'm going to quit drinking now, or I'm going to quit taking this medication now when you can see genetically that their whole family has been prone to this behavior
0: Would it be okay for you if I gave you some, um, links, uh, to, for people that are watching that, um, struggle with family members who are addicts, there's several, um, links that they can go to, um. You can share definitely. them
2: here, and then also okay, share cool. them to our email. And as soon as we get our websites uh, actually published, we'll we'll um, have a section for previous shows and and the oh. links for those. So and we'll also um,
1: when you send them in the email, we'll also just make a post on our Facebook for everybody listening. Okay. It'll be it will post it up on our Facebook some links that you can go to for support um, if you are dealing with addiction or you have a family member. Um, how, how can you be supportive or, or how can you get support? Because a lot yeah. of times being a family member of an addict is very, very hard, especially if they're not ready to get help that they need. You can't force somebody clean. You can't force that. It's, it's, the, it's the hardest lesson you will learn loving an addict. It's the mm-hmm. hardest lesson you'll learn is that you cannot force them clean. You cannot. It has to be their decision and they have to be ready for it and they have to be ready to do the work and the work is hard. It's hard work. It hurts. It will break your heart. It will break your heart and it, it, it will get close to breaking them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people don't make it. I have, uh, I have lost friends, young friends to liver disease because of alcoholism. I've lost young friends to overdose because of opioids or other um, street alternatives that they chose when they couldn't get their hands on the legal stuff. And I blame their doctors on that one (laughs) because that epidemic didn't have to happen. That, that particular, this opioid epidemic, this, this uh, pharmaceutical destruction of America is not necessary at all. So Uh, But yeah, we will post those links um, on our Mm -hmm. Facebook and we are working everybody. So, you know, this is a work Wednesday. Um, We had important stuff to talk about. So we're talking about that instead. But we do work on a daily basis uh, with each other on getting things done. There's a lot of administrative work that um, is not our favorite thing to do. And so we're we're
2: trying to knock it all out
1: We as much as
2: possible. It's on it. Things are on it. (laughs) We have lots of things on on the list, so um, we are a two-woman team, and we also have, you know, other things that actually pay us money no. <laughs> yeah, we, do. <laughs> we do have to
1: pay our bills and in that vein um check out cq llc cannabis consulting if you need any cannabis consulting or if you've been into a dispensary and you're like mm, they could do better give us give them our number and our contact information it's customer service cq llc at gmail.com 970 426 Five nine eight five. We do a free fifteen minute consultation. Everything after that, we will share our price list uh, with the individual who needs us. Um, and people do need us. Don't let them tell you different. So give us a call at CQ LLC. Um, we love to do cannabis consulting and education. We will show up on scene, or we can do virtual work. We do both of those things. Um, and I am sharing the Discord link. In the comments, if anybody wants to join us on Discord, we are usually there in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, and occasionally right after the show. Um, we hang out, we work in there. You'll see us with no makeup on, and our hairs all in a bun, and we're in our bathrobes. I'm usually in a robe. robe. I won't lie. Don't <laughs> lie. I'm in in like robe. in a onesie, or a onesie, you know. Uh, So come on in and hang out. Um, We'll be happy to um, chat about whatever our our biggest rule and our only rule really is to be nice to everybody in there. Don't be a bigot. okay? because we're not going to let you be in there and be like that. Um, And that's it. We'll kick you out for being a jerk. (laughs) But otherwise, you can come in and hang out with us. Um, it's kind of like if nobody's familiar or some people who might not be familiar with Discord, it's kind of like a, like an old school, like 90s, early 2000s chat room, but it has video capability as well. So you can get in there. There's different areas where you can chat with each other via text. And then also we have uh, video capability so you can get into a room with some people that have similar interests and chit chat and, you know, have your morning Uh, meds or blunt, depending on how you want to describe that and and how you're using it. I um, often say about cannabis that um, even on the adult use side, the recreational side, that people are still medicating. So I try to keep that in mind when it the comes to The only difference
2: that. between medical and adult use cannabis is taxes, people. It, it's and taxes and
1: whether or not you saw a doctor about it.
2: And whether or not you're talking to a doctor about it. Instead, mm. you're either talking to a 21 plus year old person behind the counter that may or may not be a medical cannabis patient. Mm.
3: So-
1: um and hopefully they're educated a little bit on cannabis and how it works if they and if they're not only tell you fire. then i can't stand I, that actually it's my right. least favorite thing that that even in, in i know you're in an adult use store but like come on
2: I'm like that doesn't mean shit to me tell me how it makes you feel does it make you run around the room and spin tops does it make you fall asleep i, I don't know what that fucking means
1: right right yeah, what does fire mean? I mean, I know what fire means. You know what fire means. I know, I, I know. But
2: the, the, into a,
1: dis- unless I walk. Okay, here's my rule. Okay, here's the rule, and I won't ever walk in and do this. But here's my rule for consumer, for dealing with consumers or talking to consumers. If they come in and they ask you, "What's the most fire thing you got on the shelf?" Okay, let's have that conversation. Then we
2: can go and roll. Yep, okay. I can talk to you sure. all day long like that.
1: But if they don't come in and start that conversation with you, please speak to them in a more professional manner about I mean, we
2: have scientific terms for this stuff. Exactly.
1: And we, we, you know, we just want to be better as a, as a community and as an industry, we want to be better. And I think, you know, we talk about language, we talked about language on this subject actually, so that we could use um, more correct terminology when speaking on this, but like language is so important and how we use it is so important. Mm -hmm. Yes. Don't judge people. Okay. I want to say that as a caveat. Look, I want to say that as a caveat, because when I think about what I just said, I think about how people treat immigrants or people who um, maybe don't have a a college education or something, but they still say some intelligent shit. You're just not listening because you don't like the way that they're saying it, or you've assumed them to be ignorant because they don't speak um, English well enough for you.
2: Uh, don't their second language.
1: Yeah. It, listen, if English <laughs> is their second language, you're the stupid one, not them. Thank you. Thank you. How many languages do you speak? Average American. I speak one language fluently and I can get through a little bit of Greek. And if I went back, I could probably pick up more, but like I li- I live with a man whose second language is English. I do not speak Spanish. I can
2: understand it a little bit conversationally. My last name is it. Spanish and I don't speak Spanish.
1: I took four years of Spanish in I college, not know. even in high school, y'all in college. That was much closer in proximity. You probably
2: do you think that if you immerse yourself in it, you would pick that back up just as Absolutely. like Greek. Okay. Easy. So if
1: I was in Mexico, living in Mexico or in a Spanish speaking country, living in a speak Spanish speaking country, easy all day.
0: When so I religion, went to Costa Rica, it took me by my third day to get in a cab by myself and speak some good Spanglish. I got back to the States and within a month lost all of it. Lost it because, you know, when I was a child, I spoke it, right? um, I spoke yeah. fluent German as a child
1: because we lived in Germany for like three or four years of my life. And then I get back to the United States. Nobody speaks German.
2: <laughs> my sister took German as her um, foreign language course uh, in high school. She took German. Yeah.
1: It's it's not the most beautiful language, but our mom's know, German. So <laughs> it works out. Well my, my husband's father. Oh happy
2: uh, National Adoption Month. Um oh, yeah, now, yeah. Happy here. Um oh, and happy 420
1: on the on the West
2: Coast. 421. 421.
1: We missed it by a minute this time and not thirty. So that's great. And also <laughs> uh shout out uh, for a friend of ours. It is National Epilepsy Month. So um oh, after this show yes. After this show, for the rest of the month, when we come on, we're going to bring on at least one fact about epilepsy um, for our listeners. So after this show, we weren't prepared for this show, and I just made that up on the whim.
2: I know. It's November
1: 3rd, y'all. She didn't even know I was going to say it. So, uh, But after today, we will bring you an an epilepsy fact on every show. Um, Yes, Purple Hearts. Thank you, Nex. So... Yeah. Be aware of um, it's, you know, of your friends that may have epilepsy, how they treat their epilepsy. A lot of them use cannabis and how do you behave if you have a friend who um, has a seizure? So we'll talk about some of that stuff and uh, we'll look to try to maybe get a guest on to talk a little bit more in depth about it too. Um, But yeah, so um, learn something this month about epilepsy.
2: Yeah. Yay. Um. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. I mean, you
0: know, it's Dusty than, again. I know, that right? I, know. I really wanted to get to know him, man. <laughs> um,
1: We're going to have to do a, like a record, a record a show or record something with him. Yeah. And, then, and
2: maybe the live streaming thing. That's like just dogging down his wifi. Yeah, obviously yeah. it hits me too. Um, so We'll get yeah, let's do a recording with him. We'll, we'll go uh maybe even just like a, a, a Discord discussion. We can get you get everyone in Discord and do mm-hmm. like a, a little chat there even and record it or something. I don't know. We can we can we'll get if we can make this happen. Um we're I- gonna get Dusty on.
1: It's a part of our plan to actually start highlighting some members of uh the high council. And so um we definitely wanna bring more uh, people from the high council on to talk about what they're doing in their lives. It's not always going to be
2: right. Uh, why don't you tell everyone what the high council is oh, for those okay. that may not know?
1: Um, The High Council is a group of creators. Uh, We have gotten together and we're working on some big production projects. Um, Of course, we all have lives, so things don't move as quickly as we would love them to. Um, But we are working uh, with uh, doing some production, talking like uh, Dusty and I, for example, have been talking about doing a show together about this particular subject And, um, doing long-term shows. So talking about different aspects of addiction and recovery and different methodologies of, um, of, of recovery. So cannabis is obviously going to be one of those subjects, but we also are going to talk about things like mushrooms, um, being, um, incorporated into the healing process and other types of natural healing processes, um, Things like, uh, you know, acupuncture, massage therapy, um, and and holistic uh, remedies and things like that can be very helpful when we talk about um, people in recovery who want to stay away from substances that could be more addictive, um, and put them back into a space where they don't want to be. Um, thank you, Daddy Dabs, for that um, compliment. We appreciate it. Uh, just so everybody knows, we do post these shows after the show on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play or Google Podcasts uh, and other podcast <laughs> stations that are popular. We, uh, we post through Anchor and they, they throw us out to several um, different platforms. We appreciate that. Shout out to Anchor. Um, so you can catch our show after the show on one of those platforms as well. Um, but yeah, so the, so back to the high council, sorry, I just kind of got off subject. That's some, that's a project that Dusty and I have been talking about and we're working on, um, in between him getting his degree and us opening our business and, and I'm working on licensing for something. So yeah, we're, we're working on all those things. Um, uh there are several members of the high council some of you may know them from tiktok uh, we got witchy Christie, uh 91 destiny dj timmy two turn um uh i'm in the hood 420 uh that's Unc smoke if y'all don't know uh cody is a part of our group and kevin um who am i missing rj is a part of our group as well. Uh, those of you who follow a lot of those personalities on TikTok. There's
2: a great little intro video um, on the highcouncil.com yeah. that does uh, introduce uh, most of the members. I think yes. maybe, uh, maybe there may be a few that are not with y'all anymore, but um, it's still a pretty dope video um, introducing you guys. And um, so I can't wait to see more and hear more and more of the high council members for sure. Well, we thought since there's
1: already a platform here that we are trying to build and increase our numbers that they also want to build and increase the platform, their personal platforms. And we want to bring more attention to the high council. By the way, I'm one of the personalities on the high council too. Hi, I'm Canna Queen. Um, So, uh, uh, you know, we talked about it and I said, Hey, come on to our show and, and tell us about yourselves and what you're doing and what projects you're working on. I I can't wait. We're going to have to like adjust some timing um for uh Unc smoke but i i am dying to get him actually on the show because he works with the homeless population in california mm-hmm. and um i mean do, he's doing some great work and i just want i want to bring him on to talk about what he does and some you know some of the the pros and cons i mean there's definitely both to what he's doing
2: i think and- yeah i think that and just a uh, kind of talking about and recognizing why people are homeless yeah. Yeah. in this time and why those numbers are increasing and why yeah. programs like his exist and and uh, and why they can make a difference and are making a difference. So excited about that too. So we'll definitely um, incorporate a later show for that. Um, we'll get it on the calendar. <laughs> I saw a
1: post today that um, I saved because it, it dealt with our subject matter today, but I think this also um, should be held Um, for most of our human interactions that you just, you don't know what people are going through and why they're in the predicament that they're in. But this post was um, it's just like a little meme. It says ex drug addicts aren't low lives. And if you, Think so, then delete me. Um, It's hard as hell getting clean, and I'm proud of everyone I know that's done it. I see your growth, just know that. Um, I want to extend that message from us, the cannabis closet, to you. If you are going through this, we see you, we see how hard you're struggling, and we support you, Um, and we love you. And it's a hard road, but it's worth it. And we congratulate those of you who have made it through recovery and are counting uh, your years as opposed to your days right now. Congratulations. Those of you counting your days, keep counting them because you're going to get to months and then you're going to get to years and then it's going to be decades since the last time you remember. And you know, it's an everyday struggle. I know that. I know that. Um, But you can do it. And people who are going through recovery are not low lives and people who are homeless are not low lives. They're not, filthy, dirty people. They are people, they are people, they are people who are going through something, um, just like you go through stuff. And unfortunately, um, they weren't as lucky as some of us to, you know, be able to handle our trauma differently. So remember that people are homeless now, not because of an addiction, which a lot of people think that, People think, oh, you're homeless because you have an addiction or something. No, it's because nobody's paying a living wage and people are living in their car. And I see these articles and they say people are choosing to be, um, you know, without homes. And I'm nobody's choosing that. OK, and said so maybe for maybe for uh you had a little story the other day where somebody chose that but like really no like people they might want to do van life for a little while but like honestly a lot of people choosing van life or choosing to live in their cars or choosing not to have a house it's because uh they're choosing to make sure that their kids eat they're choosing um to make sure that they can pay for other necessities and there's this is the only way to housing.
2: do it i mean yeah. where, where i live there's not affordable housing.
1: It's going yeah. up. Everything's Great. being gentrified.
0: Orlando is just and, you know, as, bad as Denver now.
2: Second mm-hmm. and third homeowners that don't live here, yeah, that yes, don't. or
1: companies buying up these homes and then, you know. Yeah, they're buying them up. They're gutting them out. They're flipping them,
2: and then they're selling them to the rich folks. Or I've they're been leasing up them. There's a group that's actually trying to buy up some of the older hotels and convert them into employee housing. Oh, and I good. thought that was pretty interesting. So there's like okay. discussions of whether that that can happen. I'm like, that's not happening here. There's not even. I mean, I guess. No. But anyway, if they want employees, they're going to have to do something. Because they have to they're- do something, I mean, and even at the at the highest, there's I know a couple of restaurants and and facilities. I mean, one of the dispensaries here they bought a bought they buy the homes so that their employees can have housing, you know? No,
1: because God forbid you pay your employees enough to be able to afford housing in the place where you are living and, and ask, well, them it's impossible
2: work. here. I mean, again, it's because of the corporations, corporation, you know, is, is, is it's a whole cycle. Yeah. It's bad. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting <laughs> for sure. And uh, definitely more discussion and how uh, we can get um, um Unk smoke on.
1: Yeah, we definitely need to have that conversation because gentrification um, is part of it. Drug use and addiction is part of it. And the, the mere fact that employees are not getting paid their worth um, or even a living wage in this country is, is a huge part of that as well. Corporations got to go. They're ruining us. You guys, Mm -hmm. these big corporations are the problem with climate change. They're the problem with homelessness. They're the problem with, um, you know, people living below the poverty line. The the corporations are the problem. I said it here. I said it. So
2: shop local, support local,
1: (laughs) shop small businesses and shop. with. If you want to shop with corporations, find one and tell me about it that um actually does what they're supposed to do they pay a living wage they give back to the communities that they're in or to the world or to the nation whatever however they do it like real philanthropy not don't send me jeff bezos bullshit name because the amount of philanthropy he does equals pennies to us it's like literal pennies and he's trying to go to space instead of fixing the problems here he could there was a post about Elon Musk could solve um, the hunger crisis in the world in the world with just this small amount of change out of his pocket out of his pockets a small amount of change um, it's like two percent of his earnings which is a lot of money but not for him
2: mm. I mean corporate mindset would all have to like 100 you can throw money at it. It would all have to change there. Like all of that, like, okay. So throwing money at something that isn't going to change if people continue to pollute, continue to, uh, destroy whatever, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but the people, the population, the general population is like a minute percentage of the, of the climate change issue in this, in this world, in the world. The corporations, if corporations change their practices to um, more environmentally friendly practices, then um, that would solve a lot of our climate issues in our stuff. That's why I blame them. <laughs> good people with money. That's why we are going to be uh, millionaires very soon. And we're going to do good things with our money. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Money's not the root of all evil. Evil people are the root of all evil. Evil people that have money are also very, very more evil because they can do things. So now you just have to have the not evil people with money. <laughs> 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 I, think, uh, I think that's the show today. I'm so bummed that Dusty couldn't come back. We are going to get a recording of him and make sure that you guys get to experience all that is Dusty because he is amazing. Um, and he's pretty to look at, too. Uh, So we'll give you guys the pleasure of that. I promise. Um, He's such a chill and easygoing dude. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him where I haven't left feeling like uplifted. You know what I'm saying? He's just so easy to talk to. So I can't wait till we can uh, do that consistently. Um, We might have to record it and that's fine. Um, But Laurie came back and we uh, appreciate you so much for coming back. Um, we will invite you back again.
2: Thank you. Oh, well, I wanted to actually, um, sorry to cut you off. Laurie right, girl. I'm going to, because I want to bring her back. And we haven't discussed this is having a show on juicing. You, you kind of <gasps> mentioned it. Oh, yeah. And so um, when we worked with our friends and uh, their facility uh, at the very beginning, um, they started a juicing program. And I, I've talked to you about this uh, queen, just like, Yeah, it was awesome to see patients get to use it, and um, Laurie Girl headed up that program and actually um, got it going um, as I moved to the mountains. So
0: it was was honestly the best thing I ever, the most fulfilled I I felt when I was in the cannabis industry. Like it was, like it was what I enjoyed the most out of all, and I had my hands in all the different like little facets in it. um, I did juicing, bartending, or bud tending, and um, trimming, and weighing. And I loved juicing the most. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we definitely want to talk about that.
1: Juicing is juicing can be such a great health benefit on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Not just the cannabinoids, but like the plant material itself.
2: Yeah, had yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, there's so much. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. You don't have to talk to me about that one. No, I'm in. But I'm in thank on you that.
0: again yeah, yeah. for having me on the show. And I kind of feel the same way that um, Dusty says, like if I can get anybody to like feel as good as I feel right now, just by not doing drugs, like I will spend the rest of my days, like just, Hey man, this is what worked for me. And it can work for you too. If I can get any days done, like you can too, man. Absolutely. That's a great way
1: to um, message to leave the show on. So everybody be nice to yourselves make sure you put your mask on before assisting others. Cultivate love. You deserve it. And, uh, stay lifted. Stay everybody.
2: lifted.
1: We'll see you next time. That's Monday at 4 20 PM mountain standard time. Come hang out with us. Oh, Monday's show is going to be amazing. You guys have oh, yeah, a quick
2: plug on that. Um,
1: <laughs> reproductive medicine. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. We're doing reproductive show on Monday. So yes, be here. Uh, women's
2: reproductive health and cannabis, um, all the different facets. It's not just uh, women and pregnancy. It is the before after birth care, um, child rearing. It all goes together. It doesn't just stop at one point. Um, and uh, so share with your friends, share with your men that may need to know more about women and how we function that there are different holes down there. Um.
1: <laughs> Add the Watch most- the clitoris <laughs> episode on the Red Table Talk, too, if you want to know more about women. That's just a side note. We're going to have a special guest, Keisha King, on as well. And uh, we might have some other guests as well. So just keep an eye out for that and join us on Monday at 4.20 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's when we'll be back. Stay lifted, everybody. We love you. Peace, Peace out.
0: Bye. Bye.